Zombies cannot run. I say this definitively. As the grandfather or the godfather of zombies, zombies cannot run. So anyone who has a zombie running, don't listen to that person. Their ankles would snap. I mean, you know, what did they do? Go and join a spa the moment they uh, rose from the dead? Give me a break. They're dead. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And yes, unfortunately, our anniversary month has been cut short because of the tragic death of George Romero. We're going to be talking a little bit about his legacy and reviewing his film Land of the Dead in a little bit. But first, our 10-word reviews for what we've been watching in the past week. Do you okay. want to start us off, Sergio? I do. I do, Brennan. Thank you for asking <laughs> so, so politely. Okay, you're welcome. Um, Amityville 2. Two Amityville plots for the price of one. Okay. And my review of Amityville 2, a.k.a. The Possession, is a fun effects spectacle with a hideously boring third act. Ooh, that was good. Thank you. It's okay. accurate. Next movie on the list is Despicable Me 3. Wait, can you point the mic at your face? Sorry. It's okay. Next movie on the list is Despicable Me 3. Minions prove delightful in this garden variety sequel. All right. And my Despicable Me 3 review is sugary fun, but needs more minions, damn it. <laughs> um, Amityville 3D, not even 3D, can save this house from foreclosure. Interesting. And my review of Amityville 3D is, I'm calling it right now, the best of the franchise. Okay. So did you not like Amityville 3D? Was that a negative review? I did, but I saw an opportunity for a pun that I yeah. could just not pass up. No, I just wasn't clear about what that meant. Okay. Um... Yeah, and also real quick, some some business. I am being featured on another podcast. Um, a friend of mine from the Shockwaves Horror Movie Fan Club on Facebook, um, his name is Michael Viers. He has a podcast called The Shameless Picture Show. What? Yeah, he, um, he talked to me um, because his co-host was uh, out of town or he was busy doing a film festival. So he interviewed me for their most recent episode. Cool. I felt like a real celebrity. I got all gussied up and then I realized it was only on Skype. So, and I was naked. Just kidding. I wore clothes. Okay, good. It was great. Was Sorry. Like, no one needs to know what you did to land this interview, Brennan. No, we talk about um, slasher movies, which is great. <laughs> and we also talk about my illustrious career. As a writer? As an auteur? Yeah, basically. As a literal auteur. Um, but yeah, that's called The Shameless Picture Show. That should have come out yesterday, if all goes according to plan. And I'll share the link on our Twitter and Facebook because he was very nice and it's a good show. All right, cool. I'll be sure to check that out. Yeah, thank you. Uh, should everybody else? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. So what we're doing now is not a happy thing because George Romero passed away. Um, for me, um, this this doesn't. I don't think any like celebrity death will ever impact me as much as Wes Craven's did because mm -hmm. he meant so much to me and he was my role model and I got to meet him and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but George Romero's loss is incalculable to just the film culture in general because he contributed so much. Recently, he's been a little out of the spotlight, which is why Sergio has not really experienced him 
I mean, yeah, that's kind of true. Um, my horror knowledge is gravitated towards, or is based on like the classics, like the, and I mean like the big, like slasher movies of of your, or like The Exorcist, mm-hmm. and like just the big names that you would think of. Not that his name isn't big, I guess. Um, just that his zombie features aren't something that I myself would mm. like ch- want to see or check out at the blockbuster. Um, it's yeah. just like back in the day, and yeah. I've gone through two spouts of horror. Um, fascination in my life when I was a kid, and that's mm-hmm. why I like checked out the big features, the Dark Castle stuff, uh-huh. and, and then it's more now is whatever you make me watch. Mm-hmm. And since we haven't watched any Romero, I've been pretty much uh, ignorant to what yeah. he's done. But had you heard of like Dawn of the Dead? Night yes, of the yeah, Dead? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've okay. heard of the feature. Like I've definitely heard of the names, like especially referenced in like just watching movies. Like sometimes oh, yeah. I'll be watching these movies. Um, uh, but like me and myself and I have never seen them. Okay, that I mean, that is totally fine. That's what this podcast is all about. Yes. Um, we actually, back when Shannon was on the show, we reviewed Dawn of the Dead um, in like a year and a half ago at this point. Um, so we have done him on the show before, but you weren't there. But yeah, um, he he's a, a director who I haven't strayed too far from his zombie projects. Like I've seen, you know, these ones, Land of the Dead, um, Diary of the Dead, which is a found footage one that people don't like, but I like. And Creepshow, which is really cool. Which we loved. Yeah, it's him and Stephen King and Tom Savini, and it's like the perfect little EC Comics horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to say, um, without George Romero, we wouldn't have so many things that I like, but especially the world at large likes. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically invented the zombie genre in terms of at least how we view what a zombie is now. In terms of like an undead revenant who eats people and can like pass on the zombie curse or virus with a bite or a scratch or whatever uh-huh um in the original night of the living dead they're not called zombies they're called ghouls um because the zombie was already a thing the zombies mm-hmm. were like reanimated corpse who served voodoo priests uh-huh and that's what they were in old zombie movies like i walked with a zombie or a white zombie and they're very boring uh-huh. um so yeah basically he, he reclaimed the name is what you're saying um, he actually, I think, resisted the use of the word zombie because he was like, no, they're ghouls. Oh, okay. Um, but he's, um, I don't know exactly how the lexicon developed. People started calling it that mm-hmm. because they were like, oh, that's what that is. It's an undead thing walking around. And but did he eventually like embrace the genre? Oh, yeah. Well, he's super embraced the genre and the word itself. Mm-hmm. He, I know he has used, mm-hmm. but at first it was like, no, they're different things. Okay. Um. Because he they he and John Russo, who also wrote um, Night of the Living Dead, um, they invented this whole separate thing about what these dead people can do and what happens with them. It wasn't it wasn't originally a virus either. That was something that kind of came up in later, you know, ripoffs and reimaginings of that general idea. Yeah. Um, but he he was the genesis of all of that. And okay. In the first Night of the Living Dead, he, at least according to him. He, he cast a black actor in the lead role, and people were talking about, like, oh, how transgressive is that? And he's really making a political statement about race. Mm-hmm. And he, look, in 1968, casting a black actor was a political move, no matter what, just from the way the world was. Yeah. But he said, no, he's just the best actor for the role. Mm-hmm. But the way people responded to that movie and the way that um, the, like, black hero was treated in that movie, they saw it as a very political statement. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, Oh yeah, I can make political statements in zombie movies. So every one of his like horror and zombie movies after that is very political, very socially charged, very critical of society. 
Like Dawn of the Dead is a yeah. critique of consumerism, which we talked about in our old episode. I really like that. Sorry, I got distracted. No, it's okay. No, like I was going to use that moment to just like say like that really fits in well with uh, what we were talking about like on the walk or sorry, on the after we saw after we finished the movie last night. Yeah. How the movie had specific themes that it tackled. Yeah, absolutely. Which we will get to very shortly. Um, but yeah, so he's responsible for zombies. Mm-hmm. He's, re- he's kind of inspired a lot of political horror filmmakers. Um, he basically started the career of Tom Savini, who's one of the best special Makeup. effects artists ever. Um, I wanted to prove that I knew something about <laughs> yes. Tom Savini. Yeah, no, you really do. Because Tom Savini had a cameo in Land of the Dead. And I was like, there's Tom Savini. And you were like listing off his credits. And I was like, I've really made an impact here. <laughs> yes, you have. And he was also a pioneer of independent film because he made all or or most or all of his films like kind of on his own dime in Pennsylvania. Not his own dime, but, you know, independently. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Um, And just, you know, bringing jobs to Pennsylvania, crew people and actors and just the good people of Allegheny. Well, what? Allegheny. Like, isn't that Pittsburgh County? I have no idea. Like, I think that's the name of Pittsburgh's county is Allegheny County. I wish I knew. My dad was born in Pennsylvania, but I've up. never been there. Allegheny. Well, anyway, while you're doing that, I'm going to read the plot of Land of the Dead, which came out in 2005. Uh, okay, where'd it go? There it is. In a world where zombies form the majority of the population, the remaining humans build a feudal society away from the undead. Ruthless Paul Kaufman, played by Dennis Hopper, Rules and protects this microcosm, but enforces painful class distinctions. Second-in-command Cholo de Mora, John Leguizamo, attempts to lead a secret rebellion against Kaufman's tyranny. But when the zombies begin to evolve, the survivors must discover a way to protect themselves from a zombie horde that can learn and adapt. That's not a totally accurate plot description. Cholo, I believe, is the second-in-command to Simon Baker, who's mm-hmm. the leader of like the Reclamation League who raids towns and gets supplies and stuff. Uh-huh. Fun fact, Allegheny County is the southern western quarter of the U.S. state of Pennsylvania. And it is the area that surrounds Pittsburgh. Okay, that's a fact. Not a, not a super fun one, but a fact. It's fun. It's also, there's also several Allegheny counties, and this one is spelled different than one in Virginia. Okay, thank you. Now we know so much more. We learn something new every day. Yes. We, we scream we 101. We scream 101 pride ourselves on educating our our listeners. Okay, yes. so um, back to this movie, Brennan. What did you dig about it and what did you not dig? Oh, well. In terms of scariness. Okay, yeah. We rate every movie out of five on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. And um, my scariness score, I'm giving it a three out of five screams. Is that what I gave it? I gave it two. You gave it two. That's fair. Um, why'd you give it to? And then I'll uh, launch off that. I don't think that I was really ever scared at this movie. Uh, there was one scene that caused me to jump up. Oh, and yeah. That was when the um, pretty boy at the beginning, I think he was like a rookie, like learning on the job. Yeah, I think the, it was his first like expedition into zombie territory. Yeah, like he was uh, told by Cholo uh, to... <laughs> You're to, rolling your eyes. <laughs> To, I just I hate the name. Yeah, uh, it's not a good name. To reach down and grab something that he had spilled or like put down on the floor for him to get. I think and it was cigars. It was something. Uh, and then like he reaches down and then the zombie that Cholo had just like previously knocked unconscious like reaches out, grabs him by the arm, and like bites it. Takes a good yeah. Keep him bite a flesh out. It takes a licking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like that caused me to jump up. Yes. Otherwise, other than that, I was just like, eh. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, this. 
This movie, I chose because i thought it would be the most in line with your tastes mm-hmm. um in terms of like the cast and the content and the year it came out uh-huh. but i hadn't seen it in a long time so i was also coming at it with kind of fresh eyes um but i found the only thing i remembered was that hand scare because uh-huh. that's a really effective shock gag uh-huh. and i think there are a lot of good jump scares in this movie uh-huh. And it's you know what about that hand scare though is that I shouldn't have been surprised. Like, no, you shouldn't be. Yeah, it's so dumb been, and obvious. Yeah, that's why I guess maybe it's deserving of the three. Well, uh, it you're kind of mad at it that it got you. Uh huh. But it's so effective. Uh huh. And that's why I'm yeah. So we're kind of on the same page. Yeah. And there are other moments like that, uh-huh. like just good jump scares. Uh huh. But for the most part, for the movie, uh, with the exception of like the zombies and the people, kind of existed independent of one another. Like, they only interacted whenever the humans initiated, like, yes. contact. Until that final sequence at the end. But yeah, otherwise, is, like, I'm never really afraid of them. No, that's fair. And that that's kind of what George Romero zombie movies are about, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the main enemy is not the zombies. The main enemy is the people and what they do to each other. Yeah. And the zombies are just kind of like this outside natural force that claims the people who are felled by each other. Mm-hmm. And provides, like, the pressure cooker that the people must try to like handle themselves in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, what I want to say that, that pretty boy who gets eaten by the zombie, he is played by, I don't remember his name, but the hot dude from ghost cat, mm-hmm. which we also reviewed on this show. It, this whole movie was like a bunch of horror celebrities and previous podcast people. The, uh, the little person who was in Bordello of blood has a short role in this movie. Um, it was like an underground, I don't know, deviant. Like a zombie cockfight arena runner guy. Yeah. Mm. He runs the underground zombie fights. Yeah. And who else? Asia Argento, Dario Argento's daughter was oh, in that's this. how you say your name? Asia? Yes. I want to be Asia. Well, it's Italian. Okay. Um, but yeah, who else was in? John Leguizamo, who, has he been on the show before? I don't think so. But I just, John Leguizamo's great. Yeah, he did Mario Brothers. Remember that? <laughs> well, yep. Everybody loves the Mario Brothers. Um, yeah. Simon Pegg did a... Uh, uh, what did he do? I give it a year. He was in The Devil Wars Prada. I mean, we have not covered these movies, but I like them. Wait, Simon Pegg was in... I give it... Simon Baker. Oh, Simon Baker. Yes. Wasn't Simon Pegg also in this movie? Simon Pegg was in this movie in a cameo as a zombie. Okay. Along with Edgar Wright, the director okay. of Shaun of the Dead. Okay. But yeah, I was like... Who was he in the Devil Wears Prada? Um, anyway, <laughs> lots of lots of familiar faces in this movie. It's it's a fun time. And actually, George Romero's daughter has a very small cameo in it too. Really? She plays like a soldier who shoots some zombies from like a shelf. Oh, okay. Know. That's not the right word. Anyway, um, one thing I liked about this movie, yeah, I don't know if you can count it as scariness. Maybe it's more of an effect. Was just how kind of like full throttle they were against the zombies whenever they attacked them. Mm-hmm. Like they they came prepared with all sorts of heavy artillery. And I oh just, yeah, I dug it. Yeah, no, there, this movie is we we watched the unrated cut, but there are there's there are kind of lulls between the zombie action, but what there is can get extravagantly gruesome. And it's very fun. Okay. Um, but we'll talk about that in a sec. What is your campiness score? Uh, I was more, I guess, generous with this one. Okay. Uh, I'm somewhere in between a three and a four. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, zombies, I feel like, are by nature kind of campy. Just because I myself don't really see the dead being able to be reanimated. Oh, my God. This is your thing about, like, oh, that can't happen in real life. I'm not scared of that. Which... 
Okay, but like usually the deaths that zombies are involved in involve like peeling flesh off of someone or like uh-huh. I don't know. Like there was this one shot where Ooh, a yeah. man literally had his like whole face like peeled off. That was the back real of his gross. Head. Uh, and it's just it's kind of kooky because these are things that you don't really. Uh, it, it just things okay, that you so, don't see in your average day. Okay, so you're saying you're not scared of the zombies because they provide these like elaborate gore effects that are like kind of silly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I I can agree with that because I love the gore effects. I'm not scared of them. I'm like, this is crazy. Uh-huh. Um, to me, zombies are something that really um tap into some of my like most basest in most base innermost fears of like a disease and just like giant crowds of people and your inability to navigate through them. Uh huh. And so, like, I if I don't have nightmares about any horror scenario except for zombies. I mean, they're mostly, I have zombie stress dreams uh-huh. more than nightmares, but um, that genre really works for me more than I guess it does for you. Um, but I give it three out of five perms because this movie, I, what I did not remember is that some of the dialogue yeah. is a little much. Uh-huh. Um, there was one. What was the line? Oh, uh, it's, a, it's a line that Dennis Hopper gives. He's the guy who like runs the, um, the elite tower where all the rich people live and he's like in a world where the dead come back to life like trouble takes on a new definition or something and it's Uh just he doesn't play it right well i mean you can always count on dennis hopper to be like really over the top in whatever role he makes Uh but it's just too much and it's just feels very overwritten and silly and there are a couple lines that kind of just clunk out like that Uh um also there's there's a guy who's sent to like be a lookout and he just like skateboards around on a dock for a while, uh-huh. which is pretty silly. If we're pointing out like silly actions by people, I would just like to point out um, John Leguizamo's in the big building of what's it called, Forest Ridge or something? Uh, Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green. Um, and like during his trot about the building, he encounters a lady whose husband has just killed himself. Yes. And like he knows that he has to kill or shoot the man in the head in order to avoid him becoming a zombie because that's how zombies are made. Yes. Um, and like you later explained to me that this is just like an establishing scene to show that that's how zombies come to be. You're like but, anyone who dies becomes a zombie. Uh-huh. But just her actions in that scene are just so kind of nonsensical. She's just like, no, don't hurt my husband. You have to help him. Or she's just pulling John Leguizamo back, uh-huh. like refusing to allow him to, I guess, prevent her husband from becoming a zombie. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think um, that scene's a little not, like, the best acted scene, uh-huh. but... I, I just remember thinking she was a drunk wine mom that was just uh-huh. holding holding everybody back. Well, that's kind Her son of, dies in the process, Brendan. Yeah, that's but that's kind of exactly the point. Uh-huh. Like, this is a woman who lives in the penthouse of this apartment complex that's supposedly, like, untouchable by zombies. Um, they're living in this world of luxury, ignoring the like slums around them and the hordes of zombies outside the slums. Uh-huh. And it's kind of showing how clueless they are about the real world. Mm-hmm. And that's like part of the like major political center of the movie. Okay. And also, I mean, when you're watching zombie movies, you're looking at people and you're like, "Come on, just shoot him in the head! Don't like ba- whiffle back and forth about this." But like, these are people that they like she's probably been married to this guy for 30 years and she doesn't want to just shoot him in the face. She wants like when, when someone is dead, you don't want to believe that they're dead, especially if it just happened. And like you try to convince yourself of anything other than the fact that they're gone. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a natural 
reaction to have, but it's presented in kind of a silly way. But no, she definitely got in the way. Okay. Um, but I think that's more what he was trying to accomplish, but I'm not sure the actress did it justice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say agree to disagree on this one. Okay. I think you're like, you clearly raised some valid points. Like that really does tie in more with the overall movie's theme other than just, just a dumb lady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was a dumb lady. Uh, but again, like her acting is inexcusable <laughs> in that scene. So okay. I just stand by the fact that she is just someone who holds back the plot. No, that's fine. I, you're that's totally fine. Okay. Um, for me, one of the major aspects of campiness is um, there is a like the lead zombie. His name is Big Daddy. He's this big burly guy in a who used to work at a gas station. Yeah. And he's the the first one that like we're, we follow him, and that's how we learn how the zombies develop and learn how to use tools a little bit more. Because this is a world where zombies have existed for quite a long time, uh-huh. and so they're beginning to kind of evolve a little bit. And that's a through line that's kind of happened throughout. Romero's movies of which this is the fourth one uh-huh. but Big Daddy he's very over the top like every time he sees zombies get massacred he roars it's like him falling to his knees and screaming Stella <laughs> and it's just it's very over the top and I get it but it was just a little much uh-huh. like that character could have been more subdued because this zombie had way too much Marlon Brando emotion for me <laughs> Uh, you're right about that. I kind of dug Big Daddy. Um, okay. So we're just disagreeing all over the place. No, um, you're right. He was over the top, but he's a zombie, so he's allowed to be. Okay. Um, I don't know. I guess I liked knowing that we had, I guess, some a zombie to rally around and to care about. Yeah. And to really know kind of where the uh, plot was going. Yeah, we really follow his journey. Exactly. We follow him around, and he's the one that's like letting us know, like, oh, we're getting just like incrementally closer to... Uh, Forest Green? Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green, um, you know, coming under siege. Yeah, and uh, really he is the uh, the birth of the Occupy Fiddler's Green movement. Uh-huh. We are the 99% of uh-huh. the undead horde. Uh-huh. That doesn't excuse the fact that he is over the top and uh-huh. and is like Marlon Brando in A Street Crime New Desire. No, yeah, no, I, I think that his character is very vital to the plot that this story is telling. Uh-huh. But I think that... Just the presentation's a little, a lot. I guess that's kind of the through line of this movie. Like, it's very well constructed, but it's just a little goofy, uh-huh. which is totally fine. Uh-huh. It's a very enjoyable movie. I give it three out of five perms, if I forgot to say that. But one more thing about campiness. Um, okay. when, when zombies finally do attack um, the city that has been walled off and blocked from zombies, um, the way that we, one of the scenes where one of the initial sieges started starts is we cut to just two lesbians just making out in like a caravan do we ever find out what happens to them well i mean zombie arms come through and grab them okay so but that that's the cutaway that we use to like go into the town and it's just so silly okay um anyway what um what's your effects score my effects score was uh four four to five intestines okay I don't know. I just forgot to um, give it a name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the budget was on this movie, but it was really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of explosions. I saw fireworks. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of skin being peeled off. Oh, boy. One of my favorite scenes was um, like a headless corpse comes up to a yes. man. And all, like you're just kind of flabbergasted. Like, why is this headless corpse like threatening this man? Yeah. Because all of a sudden, like he kind of lunches forward and like it turns Wait. out he's like nearly headless Nick. Yeah. Where 
his, his head's head. hanging by a flap. Uh huh. And then it just like quickly reattaches, and then he tries to take a bite out of the guy. Yeah. Oh, that's such a. It's a great scare gag. It's yeah. a Great gore gag. Oh, that's such a fun. See, this movie's full of like those little moments that are really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're not a huge gore hound. No. How did this movie treat you? Um, like, were you grossed out by it? Did you enjoy it? I enjoy the movie definitely. Uh, like the the gore wise. Gore wise, again, I thought it was a little over the top to the fact that I could is like I could ignore it. Like it didn't really get under my skin because, because it was over the top. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's where I stand on that. Okay. Let's well, see. Because for me, with gory movies like this, I I don't want it to get under my skin. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a saw movie. I don't want to see fingernails pulled out and me like yeah. feel grim and gross. Uh-huh. Like I love the over the top. Like there's a part where there's this hand sticking out of a pile of bodies and uh-huh. two zombies grab either side and they just split the hand right down the middle of the arm and it's so gross and it's just it's it's like those the roller coaster thrill ride gross mm-hmm. it's not like i need to take a shower it's like ew uh-huh. um which i also gave it four out of five intestines but i just uh-huh. i love those little moments because they're they're fun and yeah. gross um what else? That part where the guy gets his face ripped off. Yeah. Which you had a you had a bodily reaction to that part. I was just like, it was so unexpected. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah, me before, neither. Where you just you see a guy and you see a zombie attacking him and you see him peeling his Ugh. face back, like pulling off a mask. Like, yeah. There are some there are some great gags. Like the the headless corpse guy, which we just talked about. Yes. There's a part where there's two I want to mention. There's one where this guy gets his arm chopped off with Tom Savini zombie's machete and his arm had a grenade in it and then he falls on the grenade <laughs> and then it explodes, which is pretty great. Uh-huh. Um, and there's there's a part where Dennis Hopper um, is being confronted by this like rich guy he doesn't like very much. So what he does is he's like, no, uh, look out, um, get down, there's someone coming. And so the guy falls to the floor and Dennis Hopper just shoots him while he's distracted. <laughs> oh, that was a great sequence. Uh-huh. Um, Dennis Hopper really carries the camp on his back on oh in yeah, this movie. He, he is uh, more or less the star of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is equally campy, and I recommend that to everyone. Okay. Um, but let's uh, wrap this up a little bit. What is your quality score out of five? Quality score? I'm like at a three or a four. You're a three or four? Okay, I'll take it. Um, I liked the zombie continuity. I liked how the zombies had a really... Um, uh, I guess had a story. Not yeah. a story. Um, that they uh, a they had rules line. that they abide by. That they oh, abided okay. By, okay. Um, I liked that. Um, I liked how they learned. Uh, that was pretty neat. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, story was okay. It had pretty cool characters, and what probably knocked it down for me was the bad screenwriting, which we've already talked about. Uh-huh. For the most part, it's okay, but there are parts where it's just like, ugh. and Aussie maybe not even bad screenwriting, bad dialogue. I'll put it. In yeah. That. And Asia Argento's whole character, I didn't like at all. Because mm-hmm. um, she's just like this badass and she's always like, her solution's always to just like ram through something mm-hmm. to the point that it's it makes no sense. Like Simon Baker's trying to open this lock and she shoots the lock with this machine gun, which very easily could have just like killed him to shreds. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, yeah, I'm a badass, whatever. And it's like, no, that was really reckless and stupid. Uh-huh. Well, I shouldn't be, whatever. Um, I'm giving it three out of five unlucky stars. I do believe, well, I mean, that's what I circled, so it must be it. <laughs> um, I, I really appreciate the political commentary of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the gore is great. It's a super fun time. 
It's uh-huh. a, it's I do like that it's a zombie feature or like I guess a horror feature that you can like leave and say this movie had something else to talk about other yeah. than just the basic characters dying. Yeah, exactly. And it tackled that, an issue. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking mm-hmm. for in horror movies mm-hmm. a lot because there's a lot that you can sneak in around the edges. Uh-huh. Even if I disliked the ending. I thought it was a little just Ab- kind of abrupt. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of drive off which um I just think it came too fast. There was no, there there wasn't a feeling of closure. I yeah, guess. like they rescue these slum people from like a horde of zombies, and it's like, well, we've done all we can do here. Yeah, let's drive off into the sunset and shoot off fireworks. To to be fair, um, George Romero has ended movies like that before, but it had more of a sense of finality of mm-hmm. like these people are leaving this stretch of their journey, and they're going off into this great vast unknown world that presents many horrors and it's kind of like just this kind of grim ending mm-hmm. um but this one was just like they're shooting off fireworks and they're going to canada and it's like uh, uh okay um yeah would you be willing to watch other george romero movies after i seeing this definitely one? would cool i can say that with no hesitation cool that was really the goal i wanted to find like the perfect entry point for you because uh-huh. i figured like the 70s movies aren't as easy to get into um for you know, someone who grew up on your like modern horror diet that uh-huh. you've had, um, especially the zombies in Dawn of the Dead are they, they have blue faces, really? which is really weird. I think I saw um, the remake to Dawn of the Dead, um, the Zack Snyder remake. Yeah, I actually haven't seen that. I'm going to watch it pretty soon as part of this like whole George Romero uh-huh. rewatch situation. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it, I think. Um, I'm glad you liked the movie. All right, cool. Um, if you want to contact us, you want to tell us your your tell us your favorite George Romero movie. You can find us on Twitter at Scream One Hundred One Pod, on Facebook at Scream One Hundred One Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe and review us. Uh, just you know, give us a nice review. I don't care how many stars you give us. Yeah. Um, and you can email us at Scream One Hundred One Pod at gmail dot com. Scream One Hundred One Podcast. I said that wrong. It, they're all the same. It's all confusing. All right. um, our theme song is A Beat For You by Pseudo Echo, and we'll see you on the final day of this month for our outro episode for our anniversary month. All right, cool. And c- point the mic at your face. All right, cool. It's pointed at your left shoulder. I don't know what, what's going it's on. It's in the general area. You make it sound like it, my left shoulder is speaking to the mic. It's not. No, but no, you it, you really can't hear it if it's not pointed at your mouth. Fine. I'm okay. There. And until then... Good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. I'm (laughs) I'm sorry. Let's start this over. Hello. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out into a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy at podpeople.me. That was that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.